welcome each one to this part of the service. Um, it's been good to be here already. I, uh, it's just such a blessing to come and enjoy the fellowship together. I mean, it's just... I can't do without it, seems like. There will be, uh, there will be papers that will be handed coming from the back to the front then. Um, there will be some time. I did scan it, however it gets blurry, I thought I'd give, and maybe one per couple, and then as it comes forward, and then we'll see how many are left for the youth. Um, sometimes these visuals, they help me to understand when I was taught. Okay, to continue is uh, with a study on Christ's Sermon on the Mount. I guess we're ready for verse number eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And uh, for me, it's been a blessing already. It's been challenging. Um, I'm seeing new, just a newness in his, in his message. Things I never saw before. And today I want to see if I can't get some answers for a couple of questions that I want to cover and the uh, first question is going to be, what is it to be pure in heart? And, uh, you know, throughout all of Jesus' teaching, if you uh, follow his teaching, not just the Sermon on the Mount, but wherever he was teaching, I mean, he, he was always, I think I, I can say always, he was always focused on the heart. Um, and in his day, the Pharisees, they were focused on the outside. And it is evident that it is not enough to uh, just clean up our act on the outside. And I'll bring some, in some scriptures to show that, that what Christ taught. One was, in Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's some strong language. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Cleanse the heart. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You see, the aim of Jesus Christ is not to reform the manner of society, but to change the hearts of sinners. See, the heart is what you are. You know, in the secrecy of your thoughts and feelings, 
when nobody knows but God. That's really who, who you are. What you are at the invisible root matters more to God than what you are on the branches. The visible branch. To bring maybe clarity or an explanation or balance to this. You know, sometimes we hear, oh, we just got to focus on the heart. And that is true. But do we know the balance of this? Our heart is exposed on the way we act, what we do, the way we talk, the way we dress, whatever. That exposes our heart. We can't hide it. It'll come out. And as we continue on, we'll see more about this, the good tree and the bad tree and all this. Then I had to think too, okay, how do I prepare a message? Is it to bring glory to God, to please God, or am I trying to please man? Do I reword it so that it sounds a little better? Jesus didn't reword it. You hypocrites. He was clear. He didn't try to please them, but he was pleasing his father. Now, don't think that I'll start preaching here and calling you guys hypocrites. But I have to be careful. That I'm not, if God wants me to share this, I need to share it in its fullest. That makes sense. In the truth. Not watering it down to make it sound good or make you a way of escape. To stay in your sin. If that makes sense. Do I have pure motives? Let's say, us as a congregation... I'm not here quite 10 years, but let's say in the five years, 10 years, individually and corporately, the changes that have been made, was it out of a pure heart? Or was it out of selfishness? Or was it out of bringing more honor to me in what we do? There again, is our motive pure? Is it from a pure heart? And did you know what we talk about and even how we talk exposes our heart? What language do we use? I've got some, some of these wordings that we will be covering. It's just, it spoke to me. But those things that which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. The blasphemies, some uh, translations say slanders. It's, um, 
And it's no wonder, once we get to the end of here, it's no wonder that it says that in the, there's life and death are in the tongue. Okay. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. It is evident just by our life. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of a good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. So, whoa. And then it's also, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. It was just, whoa. Now this is serious business. It's scary, really, to think all the times in my past, earlier on, the joking, the junk talk, the idle talk, I will give an account. I won't be condemned because I am in Christ Jesus walking after the Spirit. However, it's going to be embarrassing. I'm confident. So children and youth, enough of the idle talk. It's not saying we can't have fun. We can. But this is serious. When we're talking idle, what it's meaning is, when we're talking idle, it's not coming from a pure heart. From the heart are all the issues of life. So the heart is utterly crucial to Jesus. What we are in the deep, private recesses of our lives is what he cares about the most. You know, Jesus did not come to the world just because we had or have some bad habits. That's not what he came for. He came because we had such dirty hearts. And we needed a Savior to rescue us from that condition. We needed to be purified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we cannot should not have a divided heart. Later, we will be getting to this. Jesus was teaching here in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. That would be a divided heart. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And I, I realize 
The mammon says, like, finances. However, the uh, LRV, my revised version, is also you cannot serve God and yourself. Or you can't serve God and the flesh, which I will be showing you here in this. uh... That's why I wanted the the handouts. Um, You see on the bottom, if your heart is divided, if you see um, this tube on the bottom of the heart going down underneath and over into the for the flesh. the divided heart is when you're trying to, uh, to be honest, this was my life, trying to please God, you, you think you're the Christian. However, Paul writes that we are crucified with Christ. Okay? So we are buried with him in baptism. Okay? So now the flesh, when it's crucified, is no longer of any use. Okay, so now we are buried with him in baptism. That's why it goes underneath that line. Because it is buried. And, and if we see there, whatever is listed there, it's actually death. And we're trying to draw life out of that death. It doesn't work. If we see it as death, we will very likely no longer be trying to draw out of there because what we're getting is death. Sins we enjoy. I'm not talking about when we are born again, we're, um, we have a pure heart and we fall. We make a mistake. I'm not talking about that. It's when you're the sin you enjoy. You're living in it. You're drawing from death because the wage of sin is death. Okay, and um, maybe we're controlled by the hurts and pains. We're, and it feels good. I was there. It feels good to pity myself. Okay, I'm drawing out of death. This, it didn't give me any life. It's lack of discipline or it's fear. It's pride. You don't want to be a failure or you want to control Then up here, that's the invisible. That's the invisible world. You don't see that happening. But it is happening, and we just don't see it. And uh, so what we see is maybe an outward form of worship. Sometimes we're praying for help. I was there, just praying for help. But I kept on drawing from death, drawing from death, praying for help. I mean, it's a vicious cycle. There's no victory there. And it's, uh, then finally, well, I guess I just have to learn how to cope with this situation. Ah, not with Jesus here. And you have relationship difficulties. Man, a lot of these things, it was my life. Paul said, make no provision for the flesh. Or, you know, we're not supposed to be conformed to this world. So, okay, well, then we're not going to dress like them. We're not going to do like them, whatever. But what is the world? It's your heart condition. 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. How many are in the world? They absolutely don't dress like the world. They don't go and do things like the world, but in, the, in their heart, they're in the world. They're conformed to the world. And in Galatians, you will find a list of those, the works. So now, I want to show you, if you flip the page, Now you see the heart is in one. It's a oneness with God. And God's nature is flowing into us. It's by His Spirit. We're now walking in the Spirit. And we are now powered by the Spirit. The Spirit has now come in my life. Where it brings honesty, love, mercy, forgiveness, forbearance, humility, meekness. Those things are all flowing into us now. Because we're no longer drawing out of that death tube. If you see, that death tube is now severed. And one cannot experience the release of the nature of God if the flesh stimulates one's heart. You cannot be re released. To That's where the unbelief comes in. There, this may be some new teaching. There may be some here struggling with unbelief. But I'm telling you, this is Scripture. We want to make, it, make us feel good that, you know, we have some right to have this struggle in my heart. There's numerous verses that come to my mind. One is I like, this Galatians 2.20, is... I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Sounds simple, but it's not. The flesh must be gone if that's where we live. Now I lost the other one. And the flesh is broken by the divine power of God. We can't do it. It's the divine power of God. <clears throat> so I hope this helps to make some sense on that where now it comes back. When it says old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. That means all things. Thanks be to God, who giveth me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven, I think. We need to cling to those, believe them. That's where the power is. It's through Jesus Christ. That's where the life of victory comes in. When I say a life of victory, I don't mean it's a life of ease. I'm not saying there's no struggles. I'm not saying there's no falling flat on the face. I'm not saying that we don't trip. But it's a life of victory. We're not, we're not in the yoke of bondage of sin. We're released. We have taken on the yoke of Jesus. Way too many words there. Ooh. Do we see now 
that our heart must be pure and undivided for Jesus. And if we don't forsake all, we can't be his disciple. If, if you're not totally convinced yet, turn with me to James 4. I'm going to start in verse 1. And I want to show a little bit of the cleansing. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, and ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. This is what I want too, is cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. What I see here is they had a divided heart. They were to purify their hearts, you double-minded. The impurity of the double-mindedness is explained in verse 4, what they're doing. And they were unfaithful creatures. See, he wasn't talking about divorce and remarriage, you adulterers and adulteresses. It was, they were unfaithful to God. You know, adulterers and adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enemy and enmity with God, with God, yeah. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy to God. Let me illustrate a little bit. At least you that are married will understand. Okay, bringing in the adulterers and adulteresses. Let's say we're married, okay. Then uh, your spouse, let's say men, you're, you have a wife, and your wife has you as a husband, but she also has a friend, a boyfriend. Would you like that relationship? Or ladies, if your husband would have another girlfriend that he goes out with, would you like that? I think all of us would say no. But what are we doing with God? We are waiting for the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are His bride. If we give our affection to anything else in the world, we're doing that very same thing. It's our boyfriend. Because Jesus Christ is our groom. That's why He hates it. We're an enemy. 
if my wife would have a boyfriend, she would become my enemy. We are to be in one with Jesus Christ. My heart is solely Jesus Christ. That's what he wants. Does that make sense? You adulterers and adulteresses. He wants that relationship like we have as a husband and wife. That oneness. Where there is no other. So cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Purity of heart, on the other hand, is to will one thing, namely, full and total allegiance to God. So the answer to this first question, sorry, I didn't move that thing there. It was so blurry anyway. Have a heart where there is no deception, no double-mindedness, and no divided allegiance. That's the pure heart, pure in heart. The way I talk, the way I am, the way I preach, the way I sing, the way I present myself, the way I work, the way I handle my finances is all about Jesus and his kingdom. I work, sing as unto the Lord, like nobody else is listening. That's the worship he wants. I keep nothing back. It's all to the glory of God. Whatsoever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That includes everything. I can't stress it enough. We have got to get this. It's not only going to be on the test. It is the test. Are we pure in heart? It is the test. It's not just a thing that's on the test. It's the way I see it. You see, if we don't get this, and we're trying to weasel our way through life, thinking we can be a friend of the world, we're going to be disappointed. You can't have two masters. Our heart must be pure and undefiled before him. Pure in heart is to will one thing, namely to seek the face of the Lord in everything we do. You see, the aim of the pure heart is to align itself with the truth of God and magnify the worth of God. So pursue God with utter singleness, single-mindedness. Now the second question. What is it then to see God? For they shall see God. Okay, so when you call the doctor's office, and you may ask, may I see Dr. So-and-so today? We're not asking if we can see them afar or whatever. We want to have this meeting with him. That's what I see here. For they shall see God. 
It's not going to be this a far off thing that he's hardly there to grab. He's just at the fingertips. No. We're going to see God in our life. You see, um, so with this, we can be admitted into his presence. With, when we are pure in heart, we are admitted into his presence. I could bring out a story about kings, but I'll leave that. Because we've got a good meal coming too, so I don't want to miss that. Now, where was that when I was rudely interrupted myself? Okay. The Hebrew writer understood this too. I don't have it on the PowerPoint. It's Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That's what we need to pursue. And where there is light, darkness must flee. We can see God. You see, when we have that pure heart, we can see God in various areas of life. You know, how many times have we heard where, wow, that was God. Okay? Because we could see God moving. And that's what we see in our lives. We see it in this congregation. We see it in this family. God, we can see God. Which, there's another point coming that clues that. Okay, so, the pure in heart can see God in nature. Beautiful sunsets. Or sunrises. For me, I can't help but think of God. A beautiful rainbow. It's just God. We see it. Now, there's some who are not spiritual, they don't notice those things. Would it not be sad? Would it not be boring? The pure in heart can see God in Scripture. And also the pure in heart can see God in the church family. This is where it gets exciting. See, um, I hope nobody has this heart, but we shouldn't be competing with each other. Let's rejoice. Let's be, let's, how would we say, encourage. Where we see God, let's encourage. Let's not try to, oh, you know, try to do something better or whatever. No, we're not competing. We're in this together. We can see God move here in this family. And the pure in heart, they don't want honor because it's all going to God anyway. It's all reflected back to God. So we're just excited. I have goosebumps on me now because it's just, it's exciting to see what God is doing here personally. It's just exciting. That shows there's pure hearts. We can be encouraged by it. Let's keep on. You see, in this, the pure in heart receive the most wonderful reward. 
we can enjoy a greater intimacy with God than what we can even imagine. The pollutions, the polluting sins of covetousness, oppression, lust, and chosen deception have a definite blinding effect on a person, and the one that is pure in heart is freed from these pollutions. That's exciting. It's not something that sometimes it may sound like life would be so boring, you know, but it's not. Sometimes we don't even have to change our life. Does that make sense? Unless we're living in sin. However, we can be doing the same thing. Let me explain a little bit, if I may. The difference between where um, James says about the works, faith with works, and um, Ephesians is... Um, we are saved by grace through faith and not of yourselves, lest any man should boast, not of works. It is a gift from God. Let's bring these together. I know, I think Jake has done this, but it's in my mind I'm going to... You see, the one where Paul is saying about the works is we are mustering up this thing and it's not out of the pure heart. Okay? We're, we're living right. We're doing these right things. We're in order with the church and all this rules or whatever, I'm, and I'm not putting rules down at all. Um, then what James is talking about, it is a response because of our faith. And they're doing the same thing. The one is you're trying to um, earn acceptance to God. And the other one is, you're accepted, and this is just my response to him, doing the same thing. That's what I see in the end where um, Jesus is talking about the, uh, the ones on the left. They say, well, have we not cast out demons? And have we not, when did we see you naked and didn't? They were doing these things, but it was not out of their faith. Now the others, see, they were just living for God in faith and just responding out of that faith, not even recognizing what they're doing. Well, when did we see you hungry and we fed you? I didn't even know I did that. Do you see the difference? That's where it brings the, these two together. They're not talking against each other. The one is just bringing out, you can't earn your way in. But however, when you are in, you are going to be doing it. It's just, that's life. It's just your response from it. We don't even know it. We're just doing it. We see the need, man, we do it. We do it. My right hand doesn't even know what my left is doing. That's exciting. But our hearts must be pure. And this intimate relationship with God must become our greatest motivation for purity. Not from fear of getting caught or fear of consequences. And when we can live in that, in that you will truly be blessed. And you will see God in your life.
No wonder Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I would have wanted to give the youth a quiz and ask them if they recognize this. This is Jamaica water. And it was, this was one time where I saw God. It was so peaceful. There by Pier 1, out on the pier. I didn't want to leave. You could just see and feel God. It's just, for me, it's peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I personally just want to thank you how you've spoken to me. And I thank you for the strength you gave me. Yeah, my legs are a little weak, but a lot better than three weeks ago. So Father, I praise you for that. And I want to continue to praise you in the good times and the bad times. Thank you, Father, that you have surrounded me with such a great group of people that I don't even like to call people. They're my friends. They're my family, my brethren. Thank you, Father. Help us to recognize that this is your church. And Father, we pray for each heart here that each heart would be pure and undefiled before you. Just search us, O oh God. Know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts. Just see if there's any wicked way in us. And if it is, Father, reveal it to us. And Father, where you may have revealed at something, would you give them courage to just give it to you right now? Where they would say, Lord, I just give it to you. I'm done fighting. I'm done trying. I'm done. I'm just done. And that I want to live solely for you. Just thank you, Father, for each one that has come. Bless each one. May you be, receive all the honor and glory. We pray in Jesus' name.